When the promise seems what? Dry. And we know that Exodus 17 began with the word then. But I want you to understand something this morning. That what happened on the day of Pentecost was not an accident. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit the apostles received is not superior than the Holy Spirit that you have received. I want you to understand that the day of Pentecost was not more superior than today by the power of the Spirit that dwells within you. I want you to understand this morning that what God did yesterday, he is able to do today. Yesterday came to pass. The days of the Pentecost came to pass. Therefore, God has been doing what he has been doing from the beginning. This morning, I want us to understand that any time that God wants to do a new thing in a generation, the first thing God does is look for men and women that he can use to fulfill that purpose. God is not more interested in his work than he is interested in the workers. Many times we are more interested in growing our ministry. But I want us to see something from the Pentecost and something from the book of Exodus this morning. For you to understand that God is interested in growing the worker. Because the growth of the ministry is a byproduct of the growth of the worker. I didn't have any conversation this morning with Pastor, but he said something. He said, your prayer this week is that you should pray for your own growth. You should be selfish. Pray for your own growth. And I also want to encourage you, if you choose to join the fasting, even from today or tomorrow, you are free. You don't have to wait till Wednesday. You don't have to wait till Wednesday. Because I'm not going to stay behind and watch the elders and the press team go forward. I'm waiting to join Wednesday. No, I'm going to catch the train from the beginning. I'm not going to run after the train. There are people who like to run after something when it has already taken off. So you want to join right now and get into it. You want to join. Join because when the power of the Holy Spirit descends on the day of Pentecost, those who were waiting outside did not receive it. God is interested in growing his worker than the work. So this morning I want to encourage you. I want to let you understand. I want you to, want it to be clear in your mind. Don't allow anything to distract you because this message is going to be short. Very, very short. But it's going to be as short as a dynamite because it will explode anything that is not of God in your life this morning. And Jesus said to his disciples that they should go and wait. They should go and tarry. Because he knows that it is not the work that is more important than the workers. He wants the workers to wait. He wants you and I to wait until we are equipped, encouraged, empowered, and given everything that we need to succeed in the work. When it is only a broken person that can be used to break others. Only a transformed person can be used to transform others. Therefore, you should not be willing to go and transform people when we ourselves have not been transformed. You cannot go attempting to teach Spanish when you don't understand a jack in Spanish. You want to be trained. You want to, you want to be schooled. You want to be educated and things about Spanish before you go out to speak Spanish. That's what God wants you and I to do today. That's what God wants us to do this week. This week, I believe, is going to be one of the most tremendous time in our lives. 
I believe that. If you don't believe it, I believe it for myself. Because I can see it. I can see it in the spirit. I can feel it. I can see it. And when God wants to do something, he's looking for people who will obey the instruction despite the situation and circumstances. He's looking for people who will obey, not those who will have a partial obedience. Not those who will have a selective obedience. But God is looking for those who will obey completely to what he instructed them to do. And God will not fall down from heaven to give that instruction. He will go through his servant to give the instructions. And he said to his disciples that they should go and endure, go and tarry until they are endowed with power from where on high. According to the promises that he has given them. But let us start it this morning. Because remember at the time that the disciples were told to go and wait. Before then they were going through the fact that Jesus died. Many of us are going to experience or are experiencing the same situation in our lives right now. In Exodus chapter 17 verse 1. The Bible began with the word then. And you all understand English more than I do. When it says the word do not start a sentence with then. When you start a sentence with then, what happens? It means there is something that had taken place. And after that which took place, now this started. Then what happened before the then? The children of Israel were men and women who were in Egypt. And God took them out of Egypt, led them through the Red Sea, led them through different areas. They got to the time when they became hungry. The promises that God had made for them, they did not see the food that they wanted. It seems that the promise was dry. But because they were not trained, but because they were not schooled, but because they have not been developed enough, they were looking at the circumstance rather than looking at he who is able to overcome all situations. After he provided manna from heaven for them, they continued their journey. Now in chapter 17, verse 1, the Bible says that the entire congregation of the children of Israel moved from place to place after they left the wilderness of sin. And they continued according to the command of God, according to God's own command. But when they get to Raphidon, the Bible says there was no one. Many of us this morning, we have good dresses, good hairdos, good everything. But inside many of us, are unfulfilled promises. Only those who open up before you can know what they are going through in their life. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit knows what you are going through in your life. That's why he says that the promises may seem dry. It doesn't mean that the promise is dry. It may seem dry because of the perspective in which you're looking at the promises. When they got to Daphidom, the Bible says, the place was dry because there was no water. But what is the meaning of the word Raphidon? That's one of the things I want us to look right now. It means a place of support. It means a pillar of support. Now how can you go to your place of support and it is dry? Why will God ask them to go and camp at Raphidon? They have been moving and when you are tired, a place of rest. He asked them to rest in Raphidon. And for them to rest in a place that seemed dry. A place where they could find no water. It's like, can they ever have a rest? Many of us are thinking, oh, by the time we get this job, our situation will be solved. We get to that place and the job is more tedious, is more challenging, and the co-workers are worse than the people place you left. 
And many of us are saying, as soon as I get married, all my situation and circumstances will be solved. We realize that now we're in marriage, a new problem has erupted. Now some of us have been saying, as soon as I'm gone through with this illness that I have right now, I will be okay. After that sickness, the next thing you realize, you have another sickness. Can I ever get rest in the midst of the promises of God? Why is the place of my comfort? Why is the place of my rest dry? Many of us have lost family members. And while we are still battling with the fact that we have lost a family member, another person again is sick. Or not even a family member sick. Now we are sick and we've been given uh, by the doctors news that uh, nobody wants to hear. And then but we've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been speaking the word of God. Everything that we are told to do, we are doing it. But it seems that the promise still remains dry. I don't know how many of you and how many of us in this place that are dry in their spirit, that they are thirsty. The Bible says, what did they do? They went to Moses and said, why would you take us out of Egypt to bring us to this place so we and our children and our livestock can die of thirst? I don't know how many of us who are thinking of going back to the life we used to live because now that we have come to meet Christ, things became worse than it was before. I don't know how many of us that want to go back to where we were delivered from. I don't know how many of us who want to go back being comfortable in captivity. I don't know how many of us who are saying now I'm planning to divorce right now because I was better when I was not married. I don't know how many of us who say, you know what, it is better I didn't have a child because the child I have is giving me a bigger challenge in my life than I was when I was not having a child. I don't know how many of us that have been praying and saying, Lord, I wanted to have a child ever since we got married. You know what, if I were not, if I were single, people would have known I didn't have a child because I'm single. Now that I'm married, I don't have a child. After all these years, the promises of God seems dry. Many of us are in the place and they went to Moses. They said, why did you have to do that? I don't know how many of us are living in regret at this moment. But I want you to understand that the enemy is not interested in your past nor in your present. He's interested in your destiny. And he will becloud our sense of understanding with situation and circumstances. That so we fail to look at the future. We begin to look at our condition and we begin to have pity on ourselves. Moses could not handle it, had to return to the Lord. But what happened? Despite the fact that Moses said to them, why are you tempting God? Why do you have to test God? Why is it that you don't believe God? The next verse says, the people say we need water because we are tested. I don't know how many of us, it doesn't matter the number of word of God that comes, how much the word of God has come to you. What you're saying in your heart, I need my problem solved. Moses is telling them they are challenging God. But they are saying, okay, but I need my problem solved. You want your problem solved. You want your situation changed. So it doesn't matter what I preach. If it does not change, you still said I need some water. I'm still testing. My circumstances have not changed. But it seemed dry because they overlooked one thing. Moses went to the Lord and the Lord said, Take the same rod that you used to strike the river when you pass. Look where the rock of ages is still there. When our attention focuses on our problems rather than focusing on Jesus Christ, we will not see Christ in our situation. 
Jesus was still there. That's why the place was called the place of support, the place of comfort, the place of pillar. He was there as the rock, the rock of ages, the rock that produces. And what happened? God said to Moses, I will stand before the rock. <laughs> I want you to understand. He didn't tell him, just go to the rock and go strike it. He said, I will stand before the rock. You're not just striking the rock, you're striking Christ. You're not just striking Christ, you're striking me because I will stand before the rock. So I want you, I want us that are trusted this morning to take our rod this week to strike the rock. Strike it in your fasting. Strike it in your prayer. Strike it in your praise. Strike it in your worship. Strike it in your anything you are doing. Let us this week, use this week, that the water may gush out from the rock that we have overlooked. Let us strike it and the water will surely come. But there's a verse we're not looking at I want to mention right quick before I close. And that's in verse 8. And the Bible says that the Amalekites came and fought with Israel. These people are saying in the midst of the fact that we have no water to drink, the Amalekites, the ites that the pastor was talking about the other day, still focused up to fight. And who are the Amalekites? They are the descendants of Esau. Sometimes our challenges come from within. Sometimes we're looking at the challenges that is coming from outside. I want you to look very well. Some of our challenges come from within. And he looked at that, he said, and the Amalekites came to fight with Israel. And Moses said to Joshua, choose some men among you and go and fight the Amalekites. But let me tell you something again that is hidden in this passage. When he told him to go and fight the Amalekites, he said, for I tomorrow will go up the hill. And I will go up the hill and I will hold the rod of God, the staff of office, I will hold and I will lift up Christ Jesus. The same rod, I will lift him up. And the Bible said the following day, he went up, but he did not go alone. He did not go alone. Aaron and her went with him. And the Bible says that Moses raised his hands for a long time and his hands became weak. It tells you that everybody and anybody could be weak. It tells you that even pastor sitting here could be weak. He can do so much and then his strength will leave him. But there's something I want to show you this morning, pastor, please, if you don't mind. I want to demonstrate something right quick, right now. Uh, uh, Brother Ed, uh, Ted, could you please come? Uh, Horace, could you please come? But there's something I want to show you here right quick. He was standing before, but when he got tired, what happened? They brought the same rock, the same rock of ages for him to sit on. All those who sit on Christ can never be defeated. And what happened? Here you have uh, 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 Aaron on this side. Come on this side. I know what happened. They lifted his hands up. You raise his hands. Hold him. Support the hands. And they supported the hands. Now let me tell you something. I would have thought that they would come to him and say, give me the rod. Let me help you to hold it. I would have thought that they would say, give me the rod. Let me hold it. But they did not do that. Why? Rather, the two supported him. I want you to understand. In order for all, all of us to win, we must support one another. Because roughdom may seem dry, but the Bible says it's a place of what? Support. When they support him, they are supporting themselves. And the Bible says as the hands is raised up, what happened? Joshua defeated the people. Everybody wins. When Jesus wins, everybody wins. Raphidam may seem dry, but there is water 
there, unseen by men, but seen by only those who have the eyes because the rock of ages is the water. And when his hands were tired, they still brought rock. And he sat on the rock. And they supported his hands and they lifted him up. When they win, we all win. And what was he doing? Interceding. All spiritual battles are won in the spirit. All spiritual battles are won in the spirit. This week, as you begin to go into the spirit, begin to intercede, the power of the spirit will be warring for on our behalf. Because God has order. He has order. He didn't say, give me this. Let me take it away because he's too weak. He didn't say, because he don't know what he's doing. He's tired. I know better than him. No, no, no. That's not what he's saying. He said, rather, they, put, they supported him, each and every one, because they are fighting for the good of what? Everybody. He want a collective win for us. As you pray for yourself, as you develop and grow, the work of God will grow. God will continue to win. And victory belongs to us. Thank you, Pastor. Even as we're singing, victory belongs to Jesus. I want you to understand that this week, if you believe, it is something that God did there. You see that the move of God in the book of Acts almost got derailed when the prosperity that comes from the presence of God came. When they began to have land, began to have food, began to have properties, what happened? The next thing the power of darkness did was to come in to derail the movement and begin to bring what murmurings and complaints and now turned the apostles to food and land sharers instead of the gospel. He cornered in. Today in many of our ministries, the enemy has cornered in using the issue of property, prosperity, wealth and all these things to derail the movement of God. But God appointed Peter who said it is not good for us to leave the word of God and serve tables. Plenty property and food. In Raphidim, there was no food. There was no water to derail us. But the same Christ who delivered them to succeed is the same Christ that will deliver us.